You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. My name is Matt Luffy. I'm here with Logan Banker today, and the Eagles are headed into their bye week. They have no game this weekend, but obviously still a ton to talk about. Um, we've seen a few moves happen for the Eagles teams these past couple of days, and the first, obviously the biggest one being Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be out for a good amount of time. You know, the only way they can get him back is if they make the playoffs and advance in the playoffs because he was put on IR. He made his return against the Chicago Bears, ended up re-injuring his abdomen injury. Um, It was reported that the entire muscle was just ripped off the bone. So obviously he was not fully healthy, um, wasn't ready to go. And it was probably smart of him just to get that surgery early in the season when, you know, he was advised to do so by doctors. But he decided to go on with uh, rehabbing through the team and his own personal trainer just didn't work out. And now he is now put on the IR. He was put on the IR earlier this week and he's going to be done for um, eight games. And, you know, we just hope that he gets back healthy to full strength because we know his impact on the game. We know what he saw. We saw what he can do in week one. And um, we just hope that he can be back healthier and stronger the next two seasons when he is under contract. So um, obviously very unfortunate to see, and also another roster move that the Eagles made was waving Andrew Sandejo. He's actually returning to the Minnesota Vikings, which uh, was the team that he came from for before the Eagles uh, picked him up. But Andrew Sandejo wasn't really playing that well. And for in order for the Eagles to recoup that fourth round compensatory pick, they would have to release him by Saturday. So they did, and they'll get a compensatory pick back in return. So really a smart move by the front office. It just wasn't working out. He wasn't contributing enough to you know walk away from a draft pick so they made the right decision there in my opinion so they were sitting there after Deshaun Jackson was um you know the idea that he was going to go in the IR they're sitting there with two roster spots open and they make a move bring back you know Jordan Matthews who has had three uh his now third stint with the Philadelphia Eagles really um you know a lot of people like him a lot of people you know think that he doesn't have you know, the best hands, the best speed, but he's a reliable receiver. He has great chemistry with Carson Wentz. He was there uh, with the team last year. You know, everybody remembers that big play against the Saints when Nick Foles threw the touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews. And it's really good to see him back in Philadelphia. The Eagles are very desperate for wide receiver help. And hopefully Matthews can come in and contribute. Logan, what do you think his impact on the team will be? Uh, I definitely think it's going to be a very good impact. You know, he'll probably take the Deshaun Jackson role and pretty much serve as the number three wide receiver. And that'll be pretty key considering they had uh, Matt Collins in that spot. And we all know how little he produced. And I just want to talk a little bit about about Deshaun's injury. So dating back to week two, it's not necessarily an exclusive thing where you get that injury and you get surgery right away. A lot of times doctors may recommend maybe trying to go the conservative route because it's a very tricky surgery. You pretty much have to reattach everything from the groin up to the abdomen. So it's a very difficult injury, very difficult surgery. So you can't necessarily blame Deshaun for wanting to avoid surgery right away. He did try playing through it, but either way, 
one way or the other, he would have needed surgery, whether it was week two um, on Tuesday or in the offseason. So that situation was kind of inevitable, but it's too bad that he had to go out there and almost got even more hurt where he was forced in getting surgery. So it's a tough situation. But um, in terms of Jordan Matthews, it should be a very good pickup. I'm interested to see if it's a one-year, two-year deal just because maybe they have some worries about Deshaun for next season uh, because he will be 33 coming off a very significant injury. But that move should help the offense for the meantime because they really do need it. Yeah, going back to Deshaun Jackson real quick, um, you can't really blame anyone for that. You know, the medical staff kind of put it in his, his, in his hands because it's so tricky and just said, um, it's up to you. What do you think is best? And his competitive mindset, he wants to be back on the field as soon as possible. So he's like, okay, I'm going to handle it myself, you know, bring back uh, my trainer and try to get as healthy as possible, you know, play through some pain. But, um, you know, the team misses me. They need me back on the field. So that's that was his mindset and obviously didn't work out. But really nobody at blame there. They just tried to figure out um, the best of a very tricky situation. But Jordan Matthews, um, like Logan said, you know, it'll be very interesting to see the details of this move because, um, you know, he announced it, Ian Rappaport announced it, but uh, really nothing from the team yet as far as the years or the money goes. Um, but, you know, like I said before, he's been with the team before. He's just 27 years old, so he has a leadership but still has many years ahead of him if the Eagles want to keep him around and finally, uh, you know, not let him walk because a lot of people thought he might have stayed um, in 2019 after a pretty decent 2018 season with the team really helping that wide receiver group out but um, he ended up going to the 49ers played uh, just one game there and just didn't work out so um, he's back with the team and he's ready to go Um, I'm excited to see him back on the field because you know he's a class act he's a hard worker and although he might not be able to you know get you a ton of yards per game or be the reliable receiver that you need every single down but He's going to get the job done. He's going to be, you know, kind of a jack of all trades, not very specialized at one thing. But if you need him to go deep, he will. If you need him to run a slant for a third down play, he will. Um, he just gives you a little bit of everything. And I, I know it's kind of troubling that the Eagles are in November and they're looking to sign a wide receiver off the streets and not only sign a wide receiver, but start a wide receiver. Um, that doesn't look good for your offense as a whole, but we know what Jordan Matthews can do. He's capable of playing a good amount of snaps for really any NFL team out there right now. So um, it's kind of puzzling to see that he was a free agent and didn't really work out with the 49ers, but I'm happy to see him back in Philadelphia and get him back on the field. Yeah, the Eagles are definitely very lucky that he was available. Um, It's kind of hard in this time of year to find a receiver that can come in and start right away, but for Jordan Matthews, that's almost a perfect situation because he knows the system, he knows the playbook, he was here last season, so... He can come in right away and pretty much do whatever they ask him to do. It won't be necessarily a transitional period where he needs a few weeks to get his feet wet. He should be good to go right away. And if you look back to last season, just at the snap count. So when in the five weeks where it was Alshon, Nelson Aguilar, and Jordan Matthews as the top three receivers, the snap count went Nelson Aguilar played 90% of the snaps, Alshon played 88%, and Jordan Matthews played 47%. So that's kind of something where you can expect um, for this season with those three as receivers. And another big thing with lo- losing Deshaun, the big topic of conversation is, oh, well, you need a deep threat. Last season, Jordan Matthews averaged a career-high 15 yards per catch. And this season, Alshon's only averaging 10 yards per catch, and Nelson Aguilar's only averaging 9 yards per catch. So really, Matthews should be able to stretch the field some more for the Eagles because they really do need that. Carson Wentz is at his best when 
he could throw the ball downfield, really attack um, defenses, and he hasn't been able to do that to this point without Deshaun Jackson. So hopefully Jordan Matthews can continue that. And he showed last year he is capable of being a deep threat, even though he is a slot receiver. He can he showed last year against the Titans, against the Saints, he can go downfield. So definitely should help having that, and he'll know the system right away. So there really shouldn't be any um, trouble just getting going and being acclimated in the offense. Yeah, he's not really known for his speed or deep threat ability, but like we saw last year, the Eagles kind of threw him into that role because you know they were without, without Mike Wallace the entire year, so didn't really have um, any other option other than you know making somebody a deep threat. You know, the obvious answer is oh, let's put Nelson Aguilar out there, but we have seen time after time. Sometimes he gets lucky and he'll give you a nice long touchdown, but most of the time um, he has issue tracking the ball or creating separation so uh you can't rely on him to be your week in week out deep threat for the eagles and you know it would be smart just to keep him uh, short yardage situations like he's capable of and letting him work his magic with the ball in his hands because he's good after the catch um but i have a question for you logan so Aguilar and matthews are both pretty good in the slot and that's what they're known for you know they work out of the slot they like those um they they both can go deep when they need to but both like those um, intermediate routes. So with Matthews now on the team, and he's obviously now into the top three receivers for the team, you have two slot receivers. Who would you uh, push outside more often than not? Um, That's definitely a great question. It's something they will have to figure out. Last year, they uh, pretty much threw Nelson Aguilar on the outside and put Matthews in the slot. I, think, I don't think it has to be a situation where it's, exclusive to one thing where Nelson always has to be on the outside and Matthews always has to be in the slot. I think that can kind of be interchangeable. I think we saw last year against the Texans where they did that and actually allowed Nelson Aguilar to produce in a downfield pass. He had that long touchdown from Nick Foles. So I think this will give um, Doug Peterson a chance to get creative and really switch it around and make it kind of tough to predict what the offense will do in terms of who they line up, what the personnel will be. And it also helps having Zach Gertz and Dallas Goddard as guys who potentially could go outside as well, where maybe you throw Goddard on the outside across from Alshon Jeffrey, you throw both Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews in the slot. So there, there's definitely a lot of ways they could go about it, but I would expect for the most part to um, have Nelson Aguilar on the outside and Jordan Matthews in the slot. Yeah, I definitely agree. And they have a ton of options on offense, like you said, with the tight ends. And even in years past, I know he's not as capable as, as he has been years before, but they've thrown Darren Sproles on the outside before in the slot. You know, Miles Sanders proved himself as a uh, receiving running back. So, you know, they have a ton of possibilities. Doug Peterson just has to, you know, um, game plan and put the right schemes together and keep this creative because if you're forcing Nelson Aguilar outside for 100% of his snaps and Jordan Matthews on the inside every time he's on the field, it's not going to, you know, go well for the team because they all have their specific strengths and weaknesses and you can't force them into one of their weaknesses and just expect them to produce game in and game out Um, you have to play to everybody's advantage and I know you have to put some people out of position some plays but that's why you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback you know that's why you have to plan around him and make everybody comfortable where they are and have Carson Wentz make the plays um, because you know, he's a great quarterback, and I think he can make everybody on the field look better. And having Jordan Matthews, another skilled receiver, um, pretty good set of hands. Last season, he had a sev- over 70% catch uh, percentage. So um, good, reliable receiver for once, and obviously has that chemistry with him. So it'll definitely help. But right now, it's on the coaching staff to make sure they integrate him the right way. Yeah, for sure. I just want to look at maybe the front office uh, point of view from here. 
I'm interested to see if it's a one or two year deal from the perspective of if it's a two year deal, I honestly think that pretty much guarantees it's the end of Nelson Aguilar's time in Philadelphia because you're not going to keep around. I mean, I think we both agree that it's already unlikely Nelson Aguilar stays regardless of what Jordan Matthews deal is. But if it's a two year deal, it's it's as clear a sign as you can get saying, oh, we're planning on using Jordan Matthews as our slot receiver next year, letting Nelson Aguilar walk, hopefully getting a common story pick for him. So we, we know how ineffective Aguilar has been. Um, last game, we saw a little bit of improvement where he was making some tough catches, really being good in the intermediate game. But it's not a situation where you're going to pay him over $5 million for um, the long term, considering you already have Alshon Jeffrey with a fully guaranteed deal over $10 million. You got Deshaun Jackson at $10 million. So if it's a two-year deal for Jordan Matthews, um, I think that pretty much guarantees Nelson Aguilar is done after this year in Philly. Um, it's definitely tough considering the project he's been. It looked like he finally turned it around, but now you just can't trust him. So that's definitely something to look out for, Just not just knowing that Jordan Matthews will be here for the long run, but potentially Nelson Aguilar being gone. Yeah, great point. It's definitely uh, doable to have both those receivers for the rest of the season, you know, just a handful of games. But uh, another season going forward or two seasons from now, it's not going to work out. You need a ton of other receivers to, you know, make up for um, having two slot receivers, you know, on the field at all times because that's just not how the game should be played. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for. And I think something that High Roseman could do is sign Matthews to a one year deal and, you know, put an option for the second year or just put it in Matthew's head like, hey, if you're playing well, we'd love to have you back. I know he walked last year in free agency when people thought he would return, but just put the option out there, whether it's written in contract or just verbal. Um, just say like, hey, this is a competition between you and Nelson Aguilar. You're both slot receivers. We both like what you have to bring to the table, but um, you have to prove yourself. And, you know, it could be one of them coming back. It could be neither. And I think it'd just be smart for them to open this up as a competition. Obviously, you want them to win games and both of them excel. But, um, you know, competition is bringing out the best of these players. And I don't think it would hurt to put that incentive in both their minds and say, we have competition in here. It's not going to be easy for either of you to make this team. So just make sure you're giving it all every single week and prove to us why you deserve a spot. Yeah, that's kind of what the name of the game has been for the Eagles competition. You know, if you look in the secondary, we talked about this before the season started. They have a ton of guys that are either on a one-year deal or in the last year of their contract. So it's another one of those situations where they can really maybe spark getting the best out of both players by saying, oh, we're going to pick between you two, go out there and battle it out to see who's better. But if, I, if I'm Jordan Matthews um, and I'm in negotiations with the Eagles for a contract, I mean, you got to think he's asking for at least more than a one-year deal because there's no way he wants to keep hitting free agency, keep hitting free agency, and keep just reverting back to the Eagles whenever they need him. Um, I know it's kind of fun to make jokes about him being the guy that they always fall back upon, maybe calling him the Eagles' side chick or whatever. But if you're Jordan Matthews, you don't want to be that. You want to you you want to be in a stable situation because he is 27 years old. Theoretically, his prime could be ahead of him. His best football could be ahead of him, and. He's got to want to be in a situation where he's happy and he's comfortable and he's able to be used. And honestly, the Eagles might be the best spot for that. So, yeah, if I'm Jordan Matthews, I'm asking for that two-year deal. But if it's a one-year deal, you definitely would expect to see him play as best as he can because there's no way he wants to hit for agency again. It's not fun to have to move around. It's not fun to have to go to San Francisco and then a few weeks later go back to Philly. That's not good for him. He's a family guy, not good for his family. So, yeah, that's another way to look at the contract, but 
yeah, competition-wise, it'll definitely be very interesting to see if it is a one-year deal. Yeah, and both times he came back, I mean, obviously the Eagles haven't really released anything yet, but, you know, the team as a whole and also the fans are very vocal about how much they like having Matthews around. And I know he's not going to be your number one wide receiver, but um, what he brings to the table, you know, physically and also mentally and through his leadership abilities, everybody loves having Jordan Matthews around. So he understands that everybody in the organization and in the fan base understands that Jordan Matthews is a fan favorite and you got to keep him around to, um, you know, keep that going and keep that energy going because you can't just have him um, return next season halfway through if they have some issues and all over again. Be like, oh, we love having Matthews around. You got to show that commitment because he wants to see it. The fans want to see it and um, commit to him either way or else um, Howie Roseman has some work to do this offseason. So, uh, Logan, we talked about, you know, his impact for the team. We talked about his impact or um, what this means for the front office, what they're going to do with the situation. Now I want to switch gears and talk about the locker room real quick. So I mentioned earlier he has a great work ethic, great leadership ability. He has a chemistry with Carson Wentz. And in a season that we've seen quite a bit of um, locker room controversy so far, whether that's true or not true, the locker room doesn't seem as unified as years past what can he provide to this team and you know try to put this team back on track yeah it seems like they've made some really great strides the last few weeks with both those wins and kind of unifying everybody but with Jordan Matthews you said it like his relationship with Carson Wentz it seems like Carson Wentz is always at the center of some kind of criticism it's completely unwarranted because he's a guy that completely keeps to himself but it seems like people are always trying to throw dirt on his name for whatever reason but with a guy like Jordan Matthews in the room you know you can trust him you know he's not go running around saying oh Carson is doing this Carson is doing that you can you can trust him you know that when you bring him in he's going to be strictly business and really guys are going to like him in that locker room if you remember last year he was always part of those um prayer huddles that they had before the games you know the fan base loves Jordan Matthews I'm sure the team loves Jordan Matthews um he was around with a lot of those guys in his first and, you know, Brandon Graham was around guys like that. So I think it's going to be a very um, kind of just a soothing factor for the locker room because they really do need it. They're making, like I said, they're making really great strides, but that should really go a long way in making sure it stays like that because they do need that, need that locker room to be unified for the long run because they, they're in a tough spot right now. They have two really big games coming up after the bye and then the stretch gets really easy where theoretically they could win out. So it's a very big time for the locker room and bringing a guy in like Jordan Matthews should help. And I think that's kind of why maybe they stayed away from guys like maybe Michael Crabtree or dare I say Antonio Brown, because while they're great players, there is some extra baggage there. And given the current state of the team, it's a sense of time. So you can't really afford to take that risk. Um, so yeah, I think Jordan Matthews locker room wise, you really can't find a better fit. So that's definitely another thing to be very excited about. Yeah. And you mentioned the trust that, um, everybody has him to, you know, keep his mouth shut if something's going on. But also, you can have trust in him to speak up when need be. If um, obviously the Eagles like to keep their problems internally and don't like to speak out, that was kind of like a bizarre situation this year when all of a sudden a bunch of stuff was coming out against the team. But um, if something is happening in the locker room, um, spoken to the media, whatever it may be, I feel like Jordan Matthews has the uh, personality to speak up and say, this isn't right. This is not how we're dealing with things. He's been with the team in years past. You know, this would be his fifth uh, season with the Eagles. And, you know, he's going to be able to know how the system works and know what the coaches expect. He's been with Doug Peterson before. Um, obviously, a ton of other coaches on the team, a lot of players on the team, a lot of leaders on the team. And he knows what is expected of him and of the entire team. You can't have um, this team getting divided when you're 
trying to strive for the playoffs. So having Jordan Matthews not only his impact on the field, but having his impact in the locker room, keeping everything united. And I know a lot of fans are calling for Antonio Brown, like Logan just mentioned, but um, that kind of situation is not going to fly with the Eagles because they're not really in a position to take a risk on a player. Jordan Matthews is going to give you pretty decent production on the football field, but also really good production in the locker room just to keep everything um, united, everything tight, and make sure that they're you know having fun out on the football field and making sure they're building those bonds in the locker room to make it translate when once they're in game. Yeah, for sure. And every facet of it, it's almost like Jordan Matthews made too much sense to bring back in. And it it's almost seems like in situations like that, it ends up not coming to fruition. But thankfully for the Eagles' sake, that did happen. Like you said, like we both said, you know, on the field, he should help. He should definitely at least bring some kind of boost to the offense. Um, with Carson Wentz, it's very important to give your franchise quarterback guys that he can rely upon to throw to. And then in the locker room, guys they can trust and not go after him for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a great situation. Um, Jordan Matthews landed in a great spot, and the Eagles are very lucky that he was around to be able to bring in. And um, going against the Patriots on November 17th, um, he's definitely going to be a guy maybe who's a little motivated to play well because theoretically, say the Eagles beat the Saints last season in the playoffs, and then they probably expect to beat the Rams. You see the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. So for him, it could be more motivation to show that he belongs, that he shouldn't be kind of tossed around throughout the league and just a chance to show that he's a great player and make his case to be in Philly for the long run. Yeah, definitely. Very excited to have Jordan Matthews back on the team. Um, Logan and I are both excited to see what he's going to bring to the table these next couple of games, um, hopefully in the playoffs and hopefully next season as well. We'll see how this uh, situation all pans out. But Shifting to the defensive side of the ball, I mentioned that the Eagles waived Andrew Sandejo um, just to save that compensatory pick. They made the right decision, but this really shuffles a lot of stuff around in the defense, and um, they do have one roster spot open. I would imagine that the safe bet would be bringing back cornerback Crave on the block, who's eligible to return from the IR with that foot injury that he suffered um, in training camp. But, you know, LeBlanc was a fan favorite last season. He came out of nowhere. He was signed. Um, early November, I believe, and played very well, um, very productive for the Eagles in a broken secondary. Honestly, they had so many injuries, so many um, failed projects as they brought players in off the waiver wire or uh, free agency, whatever it may be. But Craven LeBlanc was definitely a diamond in the rough for them and was ultimately extended with the Eagles. And um, I'm happy to know that that he can um, come back, and I think that's going to be the right decision to make. But, uh, Lucan, what do you think they're going to do with that last roster spot? Uh, it really comes down to if Craven LeBlanc's ready. It definitely didn't seem like he was close back when he was originally eligible to return uh, either a week or two ago. Doug Peterson said that that wasn't really on the table yet. So a few weeks later, maybe he's ready, maybe he's not. I think um, whatever that move is, it should come, I would say, by Sunday or Monday just because they're going to have that guy in the room ready to go for practice uh, leading up against the Patriots. Um, but if it is Craven LeBlanc, you're going to kind of find yourself with a little bit of a logjam at cornerback. You're going to have Ronald Darby, Rasul Douglas, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, Craven LeBlanc. Um, am I missing Craig anyone? James. Craig James, exactly. So they'll have six corners and without um, Andrew Sandejo, they're going to have two or three safeties. So I, I would assume either the bet would be they move Avanti Maddox to safety to pretty much be the third guy there. Um, another option is maybe they bring in a safety too, so they use um, 
the roster spot for Craven LeBlanc and then sign a safety, maybe cut a guy like Deshaun Hall, who's kind of stuck at defensive end where they they have too many guys there as well. So they could use that roster spot for safety where you don't force um, Vontae Maddox to be in a spot that he's maybe not as best utilized. He's definitely better at corner than safety. He, he can play safety, so that's something to potentially look out for. But I would kind of be surprised they didn't sign a safety just because you don't want to roll three safeties as it is so it, there's a number of ways to go with this roster spot but I would expect Craven LeBlanc to be activated soon if he is ready to go yeah definitely just to you know reiterate those points um the safeties on the roster right now we got Malcolm Jenkins Rodney McLeod and Rudy Ford and Ford just basically a special teams uh player so really just down to two safeties that you can be comfortable putting out on the field every single play and they definitely need more help than that because Sandejo did play a good amount of snaps with the Eagles when he um, was on the team. So they have to fill that void. And I think they're going to make a couple moves here. I think they will bring in a safety, like Logan said, to fill that void and have someone reliable that you can put back there and know that they're going to you know, lock it down when they need to. Um, obviously, it won't be a very splashy move, but somebody that can come in for you know 30 to 40 percent of the plays and actually make an impact and you know not commit any um, dumb penalties or let up any big plays you know kind of try to prevent a Andrew Sandejo or Corey Graham you know type of player in the past couple of seasons but also one thing to look out for is the Eagles have a couple of players now that play well in the slot we got um, Avante Maddox and Craig James right now but with Craven LeBlanc coming back he's pretty good in the slot Sidney Jones can play the slot so I don't think it's smart for them to keep that many guys around. I think when LeBlanc ultimately is uh, back on the 53-man roster, I don't think Craig James is going to be on the team anymore. He didn't really play well. He had that great play against the Packers that won in the game. But other than that, um, hasn't really done much. And I don't think it would be smart to keep him around. Um, it's you know not, not really worth it for the team. So I think we're going to see a, you know an exchange there, LeBlanc for Craig James. And you're still stuck with run one roster spot and i think that's where the safety comes in and they're going to make two moves in the defensive backfield mm, i'm not too sure if they'll cut craig james you know he he, he was active over Sidney jones last game and it's because of his special teams play so and the eagles really emphasize special teams so i'm not saying they're going to cut Sidney jones and this is definitely a conversation that we'll have for another day but i would be surprised if they were to move on from craig james i think craig james would kind of be like pretty much Rudy Ford, where he's listed as a cornerback, but he's really only used at um, special teams. So, yeah, they there's a number of ways they could go. Maybe they do cut Craig James because Craig LeBlanc is able to be used in special teams as well. I would be a little surprised if they did, though, just because of what Doug Peterson has said about him compared to Sidney Jones. Um, but, yeah, they, they definitely do need to bring another safety in as well. You can't roll with two or three. You can't roll with Avante Maddox at safety, knowing he's going to play some corner snaps as well. So... I think maybe one guy you could look out for is Trey Sullivan. Um, he did say he he tweeted yesterday that he he's fully healthy. He's ready to be back in football. The Eagles cut him um, back in the offseason. He was with them last season. He played a pretty big role down the stretch. Um, uh, made a few nice plays in the playoffs against the Saints. Um, so that's definitely an option. But there's a number of ways they could go. But me personally, I would be a little surprised if they were to cut Craig James for LeBlanc just because of the special teams. They really do emphasize um, guys who are, uh, that play well on special teams. Yeah, I understand that special teams is definitely a big part, but if you look at their team, they have so many guys that they you know classify as great special teams players. You've got Matt Collins now going to be um, almost solely special teams with Jordan Matthews coming back. Um, you got Duke Riley, who got in a trade. Um, Rudy Ford. 
a couple of other players that um, just contribute almost solely to special teams. And, um, you know, how many of those guys do you really need? Is Craig James really going to make that extra impact? Um, you know, you got Alex Singleton coming back on the team, but uh, it's, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're going to value um, having Craven LeBlanc over Craig James, obviously, but I don't know if they're going to value having that many, you know, slot cornerbacks. Like, say injuries happen, you might run into a situation where, um, you just you're loaded on too many of one position. Um, I understand it's good to have depth. It's good to have that special teams help, but I feel like he's going to be the one to go if they do make a move because Sidney Jones. Yeah, I get that he's been starting over him, and they seem like they like him more. But uh, you invested a second round pick into him. You know, you saw what he's capable of, and I just don't think that's the move to release him. You know, halfway through the season. Um, so it's definitely tough. They definitely have a lot to look into because it's tough to cut any of these players. And you mentioned Deshaun Hall, but, um, you know, he's a fan favorite right now. When he steps on the field, he's making a pretty good impact. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of snaps, but it would be tough to see him go because you know what he might be capable of if he steps into a bigger role next year or the years after. So it's just tough all around. Um, but going back to safeties, um, do you know if uh, Blake Countess is still around? They had him in training camp. Um, no, he was waived. He got hurt too. Um, I don't know if he's healthy or not. I do know Trey Sullivan is. Um, okay. So yeah, who who knows about that? But just getting back to Deshaun Hall, he he was a healthy scratch last game because of Jannard Avery. So I think because you have Avery for the long run, it kind of they they both had Sharif Miller and Deshaun Hall as healthy and actives, and you really don't want to have two guys at the same position as healthy and active. So personally, I think it makes sense to move on from one of them. And that guy would probably be Deshaun Hall just because they did draft Shreek Miller this year. But, yeah, I mean, maybe they do cut Craig James. Maybe it's Deshaun Hall. Maybe it's a guy that we're not saying right now. But, yeah, there's a number of moves they can make. And that's really what the bye week is for because they'll really be able to decide who's expendable, who's not, and just really get down into it and try getting LeBlanc back. Yeah, and honestly, they could shock us and go behind what we're all saying and not cut anyone. They still have that one spot open. And Logan and I are just assuming that they're going to – in a safety sorry um so they could you know put Avante Maddox back there a little bit you know dare I say put Russell Douglas or Jalen Mills I'm against that because I think they're better at cornerbacks but um a lot of fans are calling for them to play safety they have been in the years past so say they make a move from uh, um, a cornerback to a safety and you know try to switch it up a little bit they kind of fill that position and open up um a spot for Craven LeBlanc to come in so they have a lot of options. It doesn't necessarily have to mean cut somebody, but we're just assuming that because they're very thin at the safety position right now. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of a spot that they're going to have to address in the offseason, and that's something that we'll address more in the offseason talking about it. But, I mean, you, considering how much they use their safeties, they, they really can't survive with only pretty much two primary safeties. So, yeah, maybe they – don't bring in a safety, but I think we both agree that it's more likely than not they do. Uh, who that guy is that remains to be seen. I predict it'll be Trey Sullivan, but yeah, there, there's a number of ways this could go. Um, but yeah, I think regardless, getting Craven LeBlanc back at corner should help a lot. Uh, that position's really stepped up a lot lately. They've played very well, so getting him back in the mix, that'll only make it better. And um, it'll kind of be just a boost from what we saw last season because down the stretch, the cornerback group played very well. They, um, they, it's kind of similar this year. For, uh, first half of the season to the last half, they made an incredible jump, and that was without Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. And they're both back. They're both 100% healthy. And 
both arguably playing their best football. So um, getting LeBlanc back should be a very big boost there. And there's definitely a lot to be excited about with the Eagles secondary, regardless of who they cut and who they don't cut for Craven LeBlanc. Yeah, they're kind of the joke of the NFL at the time um, early in the season, but now they're getting healthy. You know, they have Mills back who wasn't available um, in the beginning of the season. Same with Craven LeBlanc, assuming that he gets activated soon. So uh, definitely a lot to be excited for. And, you know, Ronald Darby's looking good. Devontae Maddox is looking good. So just really curious. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. Obviously, they're very lucky that they have a bye week now so they can, you know, fully evaluate the position. I know they have to, you know, work faster and, um, you know, not dwell on this too much because they have the Patriots to prepare for. But make sure that they're making a good decision. But they have a couple of days to make that good decision, take their time, and um, bring in who's going to be best for the team and not just go, you know, week to week with uh, some defensive back and try to figure out a solid solution that you can plug in every single week and trust that they're going to be good. Yeah, there's definitely options out there to be had. Um, Whatever they decide to do, um, it'll work even if they don't bring in the safety. You got Vontae Maddox there. You got potential Russell Douglas, but either way, there's um, reason to be optimistic, and um, it it should be interesting over these next few days to see what they ultimately decide to do. Um, Like you said, it's uh, very fortunate they had the bye week at this time, considering Deshaun needed surgery uh, during the bye week, but um, yeah, this is really when it's the perfect time to get down in the dirt and just really um, figure out what you want to do, so I would expect something to happen over the next few days, and what happens remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely keep our eye on it. Um, that's all we have for today. But obviously, the roster is getting shuffled up a bit. We're going to see a couple moves, um, maybe just one, maybe two. Who knows in the next couple of days? And um, the Eagles are entering their st- final stretch of the season, the second half. And after this bye week, it's game on. They got the Patriots, the Seahawks, and then a lot of divisional games. So um, really got to prepare to finish this season strong and bring in guys that are going to help them get to that level. So um, really excited for this team going forward and hopefully they can, you know, rest up this bye week, get back healthy and then take on New England at home. So we'll talk to you a few more times for this game against the Patriots. But for now, go Birds.